Please clap. Welcome to Memorabilia, a show about the memes. We're Ann and Chris. I'm Ann. I'm Chris. This is episode 11. Wow. I know. 11. Almost a dozen. A, a, a baker's. A baker who hates you doesn't. Mm-hmm. Are we going to try to integrate Baker's Dozen with, like, the Baker's Dozen reference as many times as possible? I think we do it in is every this, episode. Is this, yeah, is this an Easter egg now? Where, where now, it, now it's become one. Now it will forever be in my head to try and get Baker's Dozen into the intro area. This episode is called Lapel du Meme, the call of the meme. Wow. That's a real erudite name. It's we are artistes, Chris. The French just know how to make things sound awesome. They do. They really do. They taste awesome so, for that matter. That's also true. And well, maybe with some exceptions. Like I'm sure escargot mm. probably has some. We were just talking about this yesterday. Again. Frog legs. Not a fan at all. It was the only mm-hmm. meal I've ever walked away from. And I said, I'm going to go fake smoke a cigarette outside. And when I come back, this needs to be gone. And it was the most bougie thing. I, I was so nauseated by the, by the flavor. I didn't know they were bone in. First of all, I thought they'd be like nuggets or tenders. They're not. So you thought in. you were going to get frog nuggies. Or I thought frog I was get froggy, froggy nuggies. And I was really sad. We were in St. Louis at this really nice restaurant rode an elevator forever to get there and it was i was appalled by the choice because we were like oh when in rome right eat the french stuff and we got the frog legs and the escargot um i didn't want the escargot because i had no i had nothing to prove the frog legs i was like you know what i've had i've had chicken before and then when they came out and they had like they were bone in. It was just the full leg, just standing me in the face. I picked it up and like the the, it was like a like a joint, like the 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 fin leg, the whatever flipper uh-huh. fin thing was. Yeah. It wasn't. It, there wasn't. I don't remember. There was a. There was no flipper or anything, but it was just like I could shake it. I could shake it like a like an arm. And yeah. I was like, what is happening? And I tasted. I I took a bite. I sank my teeth into this. Not. It's not even juicy. It was like a. It was like a scraggly little thing lightly breaded which was also off-putting and it tasted like i had gulped pond water and like it was like a it tasted exactly like i thought an amphibian would taste raw like if you just bit into a raw frog and i was like i i cannot express to you (laughs) my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined and yeah i was like i need to i need to go i need to walk outside for a few i'm gonna fake smoke the cigarette and then when i come back please have a different meal because i can't even look at it and that's my frog leg story my french cuisine story so i just don't have the palate i guess yeah just you're too i guess it's your tostino i was gonna <laughs> totino, totino, oh, oh sorry insult the chef like that. i'm so sorry uh and if they made a frog hot pocket maybe <laughs> Maybe I would be more inclined to try it again. Yeah, I just have such a disastrously American palate where I'm like, it's, if it doesn't come out of a can, I'm not eating it. And uh, yeah, there you go. So I, I I don't know why I said the French make things taste better too. Well, I guess baked goods. Their, their baked goods are just 
bar none, the best. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of things have happened in the last week or so. The Oscars. It was eventful. That's pretty exciting. Eventful week yeah. for movies in general. I didn't get to watch the Oscars, which I was really sad about because um, uh, Parasite won. And I was really rooting for it. Parasite won a lot. Yeah. Because and my people come to win. <laughs> we play for keeps, as they say. It crushed. It did. Oh. It, it uh, original screenplay, director, international, best picture. Which is so. really great. We were, I, I was chatting about this at work and we were really pulling for Parasite because in general, I think it was the one that was up there that didn't feel like straight Oscar bait. Like, I think its main competitor was like 1917, Little Women. Mm-hmm. 1917 in general, I was, don't get me wrong technical achievement i hope it won best cinematography i don't know if it did but i assume it did um fabulous movie i was like this every second i was watching this like, oh they made this with one intention and that was to win an oscar you know parasite right. was such a refreshingly different cool unique movie that actually was like horror too which is yeah heard of for like a horror movie to do as well as it did and like it was so good i was i was very very impressed by it so i'm happy yeah me too and to correct the record, Little Women was on the longer nominee list, but didn't make it to actual Best Picture nomination. So that was a major source of controversy. Uh, I don't want Maybe I'm blowing it up. It didn't. For Golden Globes, it was, right? It was, yeah. Oh, okay. But wow, it didn't make it on the Oscars. I, I just assumed that the Golden Globes just carbon copied whatever, <laughs> whatever the Oscars were doing. Well, I think there was some flack. The Academy re- uh, uh there was some controversy or, or criticism to the Academy because I think the feeling was, especially because Joker was on the nomination, it became, you know, was nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. which I think the feeling is that it was sort of down to Little Women or Joker. And generally speaking, Joker was actually pretty mixed reviews. Right. Like everyone agrees that Joaquin Phoenix nailed it. Yeah. But, but the movie overall was sort of, problematic weak storytelling etc etc and so i think it just also felt like really like the vast majority and also funny enough every minus 1917 every movie that was nominated was about a white person's plight really white man a white man's plight in a shifting landscape yeah the irishman yeah joker yep once upon a time in hollywood hey yeah Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Seeing a pattern here. 1917 also. Yep. A little bit more, a little bit more tactical, but literally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, still, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. And so I think that's why Parasite, you know, I mean, the reality is, is it deserved to win. And the outpouring of support on Bong Joon-ho has been super heartwarming. The memes have followed. And they are immense. And wonderful, like thusly. Uh, if only we had through. a meme podcast. If only we had a podcast <laughs> to talk about these memes that are coming out of this win. So funny enough, the majority of the memes have not been about Parasite, but but specifically about Bong Joon Ho. So since the there was a a different awards show that he was at in January, and then he was at the Golden Globes, and then obviously the Oscars. So there's been some prevalent thematics around his persona or his personality. Right. It's that he's a proud dad. There's all these like pictures of him with his like cell phone out 
like when the cast are signing autographs and it's just like very sweet. He's he's incredibly authentic, like very yeah. just genuine individual. Absolutely yes. excited. So for what's excited. Yeah. I'm just really happy to be here is sort of the Yep. I you know, everyone deserved to win. I'm just really happy to be here is kind of the feeling. <laughs> so I think he's endeared himself in that regard. Uh, but even still at the Oscar, well, so backing up at the Golden Globes, he had is received an I don't remember if it was for best picture or for director, but he, one thing that was common in most of his acceptance speeches is that he would speak in Korean and there would be a translator or it would be translated. And the thing he said at the Golden Globes during his acceptance speech was, if you could just get over, I'm butchering it, I don't have it in front of me verbatim, but it was so many words he said, if you could just get over the little words you know, the words at the bottom of your screen, there'd be an entire new world of cinema or filmmaking uh, available to you. And, you know, just really saying that, you know, dubs don't need to be a thing. You know, we should be able to watch something in its native language and accept subtitles. The Literally the rest of the world watches movies that way, except yeah. us. Yep. I saw, I actually, when I was in Japan, I, I saw uh, The Last Jedi on release in Japan, we were there around Christmas time, and it was in English. It was totally in English, and I was I was pleasantly surprised because I'm like, oh, there's probably it's probably going to be a dub, and I'm like, oh no, it's completely in English, and they had the subtitles rolling, and that's just how it was. There was no option to see a dubbed version of the Last Jedi. I was right. like, oh, okay, all right, they just watch it in English. That's great for me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm happy that there wasn't a dub version available of Parasite because I think something would have been lost and something's always a little bit lost in the dub version just because the cadence of speaking is usually a little bit different because you have to fill the gaps differently because of how language is different and how context is different um so it is it is i tend to lean now as like an anime snob i tend to lead now towards like the subtitle versions of things than the dub versions of things for that reason so i i'm sure that's what he's alluding to yeah, that you lose cu cultural context and intonations in the way in verbal, because even if you don't understand the language, you still get a sense of tenor. Yeah, and right and and inflections and that you will just lose when it's not that actor, right, or when it's yep. dubbed in a different language, and you you lose so much. And you actually lose a ton of the movie. I mean, half of the movie is verbal, <laughs> half of the movie is visual, right? Like you're whatever. I don't know the percentage, but yes, like as much of the communication is verbal in a movie as it is visual. So you're losing a ton of what the act or the director intended when you have a dub version with different actors portraying yep. the same scene. Yep, and. So as a part of that, he's not only become like woke bay for Koreans and, and Asians, but also as a, I believe, as an advocate for international storytelling and filmmaking, right? Because it's not even just about his passion for Korean filmmaking, which of course he has, but also that he just holds international, you know, like global filmmaking and storytelling as something that needs to be respected and, and acknowledged and so people are loving that uh and so as a part of oscars not only was there a lot of oscar moments memed but also just like other interviews and behind the scenes type content that are getting screen grabbed and shared so there was another meme i wouldn't even call it necessarily a meme but i could see this turning this one particular frame so it's a series of four it's someone interviewing him 
And it says, are foreign films dubbed in Korea? He says, no, never dubbed. In Korea, people are very good at reading subtitles. The last frame says, perhaps this is something the Western audience could also take part in. (laughs) Got him. And another interview also for still frames. It was from an interview. I tried to express a sentiment specific to Korean culture. All the responses from different audiences were pretty much the same. Essentially, we all live in the same country, dot, 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 called capitalism. Oh, the burn. The (laughs) sick burns. Yeah. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't don't give away our next topics. (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, moving on to his appearance at the actual Oscars, very endearing his... There was a, I believe it was original screenplays when they won it. Maybe it was internet. I can't remember, but it was him and, and uh, like a partner, like, you know, the, someone else who had worked on the film with him. And so the guy was speaking and Bong joon was standing next to him, but he's sort of off, like kind of sideways next to the guy, just like gazing at his Oscar and then just sort of like look sheepishly back at the audience, but he looks like very giddy. Like, I can't believe I'm here. And he's just, (laughs) it's so, it's so sweet. And then of course they do like the post Oscars, like, like post game coverage Yeah, where they get the interviews and stuff. And he had made a joke saying he apologizes to the engravers for having too many Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Look at him go. I, uh, Yes, I'm seeing the uh, I, I've seen the image that you're uh, you're talking about there with him doing the Barbie doll, <laughs> the Barbie Ken <laughs> kissy kissy face there on the Oscars. Uh, that his his face during that is so smug and charming. Like it's like the perfect <laughs> like I'm taking this seriously, but obviously not taking it seriously uh, yes. face. And I just yes, immediately endeared. And him looking down, yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. The, I'm seeing the memes now. I'm just, I'm just seeing the memes of everything. It's just all like seven-year-old me making Dr. Barbie and Firefighter Ken or Firefighter Barbie kiss for 40 minutes or whatever. <laughs> it's just like it's just like him looking endearingly at the Oscars kissing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, these are these are good. And then one of my favorites is. I actually don't know what the name of the meme is, but it's the one where it's two images and it's of a younger woman kind of making the like, okay, like listen to me hands, you know, kind of the okay hand symbols and kind of looks like she's having like an upset conversation with presumably her mom Mm -hmm. and she's laying there on the couch. And it's always used in the context of like explaining this thing to someone else who's resistant to the thing, but needs to hear it. It looks like sort of like an intervention screen grab. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the context of this meme is, and I should probably look it up. But it was, did you hear or read about Joaquin's crazy? Oh, his crazy fe- rant. Yeah. The yeah. whole, like, uh, the the cow thing. Where yes. So the it was. And their mother. Yeah. It got. A little off the rails there. It, a little bit. I think it started off Okay. And then it just took a hard left into the we in, we inseminate cows and then rip them from the womb just so that we can have like a hamburger. It just got it got like real. Mm-hmm. It just not that it's 
inaccurate or invalid. It just, it went from human rights and queer rights and anti-racism. And then suddenly to this like hard, like vegan angle. And everyone's just like, what? But then he went into like, kind of like more detail than anyone wanted or expected on the cow piece. Yeah. And so yeah, he doubled down, doubled down on the, on a weird area. Yeah, the cow part was like, well, everyone's like, well, we this is where you're investing the majority of your message. Okay, we're all just, you know, it's Joaquin's world when we're all just living in it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so exactly. there was someone who on Twitter that used that meme, the girl lecturing mom or adult meme, and it said Joaquin explaining milk to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that is perfect. I. I I can't help. I have to call back to the Golden Globes then in this case, where Ricky Gervais is just so. I mean, definitely could understand how he ruffles feathers, but like, I just love the moment where he's like, "No one needs to hear your political speeches. Take your little award and get out, get and, and go f off or whatever." Yes. Like, it was just so perfect because, like, I, just part of me, part of me shuts down when people start going on political rants and or and don't, like, I get it, like. It's their stage. They have an opportunity to influence for good. But I don't think Joaquin did any good there. In fact, he may have hurt and <laughs> caused a defensive response out of people more so than anything else because of how deep he went in. Um, I, I don't know. I just it's it's tough for it's a tough platform. It's a tough platform for me to say this is your spot. This is your moment to tell me about all of your beliefs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think really he could have ended it before the milk Thing. Yeah, it was it because was totally there was a, heartfelt and legit. cool. Yeah, and then it like got weirdly mil like yeah militant about how we treat cows specifically, not just animals, cows specifically. I was like, okay. Yeah, and I think if he would have just stayed with, because I think uh, the beginning part was the best of humanity is on display when we love one another and give each other a chance, and he yep. was calling out call out culture right and like. Yep. You know, Lord knows that, like, I've sucked and been a scoundrel and just, like, crappy to work with. But it's because I have a career and have been given second chances because of the love of my fellow man type thing. And I was like, wow, this is a very positive, sweet message. And yeah. then he got into, like, talking about the, you know, current human crises, multiple, you know, various human crises and racism. And I, and I think that was still, like, legit. Yep. And even the calling out, if he's, I don't know if he's a vegan, I imagine with his cow stance that he would be, otherwise that would also be very weird. But I think even if he said this also includes animal, like animal rights intersect with human rights and blah, 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 blah. And I think he could have just like left it there. But when he went so deep, he really dug his heels in on yeah. the cow angle. And everyone at that point just sort of lost the mess. Like the thread got a officially cut at that point because people were just like what and i think the lens flips there because uh i think it's really great during speeches to talk about your journey and the people that got you there and your struggles and then when the lens flips to worldview and like going all in on this like on a worldview perspective you're going to lose people naturally right because there will be people that don't share your worldview or like they don't necessarily understand in this case the the reason you chose the path you did to get the worldview out there <laughs> I think in that case, it's just safer to because uh, him talk about his journey and like his very human moments, uh, very endearing. And like anyone can relate to that, right? Like I have yeah. goofed and I, I was given a second chance because people have chosen to love me and support, blah, blah, blah. Great message. 
then there, when when you start talking about worldview, and then you, it's a very dangerous game to to play, and I think very few people can do it. <laughs> and so it's best not to do that. He's also not particularly charismatic. On top of that, oh, he was yeah. super. He's so uncomfortable. Like it, the whole the whole package. So. <laughs> so there have just been uh, several memes, not actually of him on stage, but reaction memes. So another one was uh, this Twitter post was me adding milk to my coffee tomorrow morning after hearing Joaquin Phoenix's speech. And it's a gif <laughs> of Michael Scott sort of doing like that. Yeah, like Ooh, like really like like his teeth are sort of like like overlapping exactly. his bottom lip. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. So I think most people had that reaction where it just – it's like, you're not wrong, but it was also just really weird and sort of out of nowhere. Yeah, it's it's a weird show. It's a weird, weird forum to do it in, to double down on this type of description of the process. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird angle. It got, it turned into a weird angle. Like you said, there's something about, you know, I, I'm okay with like political or like ideological references i guess or Are opinions you, if someone if someone got up there and was spouting some cockamamie far i don't know racist thing that they believe, okay touche touche i wouldn't i wouldn't be cool with that i'm cool with the things i agree with Fine, <laughs> cool. i guess what you're saying am i in an echo chamber then i guess and, really I mean, to me. be fair, to be fair, I would say that being California residents and fairly progressive, we would probably share the worldview of actors and actresses. But that said, like, I just always think it's a very dangerous game to do that because, yeah, like they do. I'm sure they do. They mean well, but at the end of the day, you're choosing to have someone who is not a professional in this space as we've seen when a walking phoenix gets up there and starts spouting off about the cow process it just comes off as really grating and awkward and weird for everybody so I'm like hey keep it about your journey and how you got here and all that i like that i agree so i guess that's the angle is like i think it's fine if so in a this extremely fictitious universe where i won a prestigious <laughs> award that i would go up there and, and put it put that argument in the through the lens of my personal experience right the, correct you know as a person of color or as a woman or as sure. a child of a, you know of an immigrant like i think that would your yes, journey your struggles to get there articulate your worldview without even having to bring an awkward comparison into it because yes. you're speaking from yes. experience like walking yes. phoenix is not a cow not nor a cow. is he in the cow industry <laughs> right? i'm sure he has never owned a cow farm so it yeah. feels like you're becoming an sme on something you're clearly not an sme in that's fair uh, yeah. which i think is the weird adoption of things if you're a political even activist i i sometimes have problems with that because you're not an sme you're an sme in, in combating that but you're not working in the industry right right, um, right i think in those cases my comms advice to someone going to make an acceptance speech is just keep it about you keep it about your journey yes. your personal things if you can make an i statement or you're thanking someone who directly affected you or you're calling back to a thing that directly affected you it's safe because no one can no one can take that from you no one can say you're you're weird for having that you know um but other than that, it kind of gets a little bit gray from there. Hey, Chris, have you ever thought about being a communications professional? Oh, funny you should ask. I I, I dabble. <laughs> I dabble as a communications <laughs> professional. So here we are. That's that's my that would be my actual advice. So there you go. My my nickel's worth of free advice. You don't have to pay me for it. Last but not least, cats got actually some flack. I don't 
know what memes came out of the James Corden Rubble Wilson thing other than VFX artists or some contingent of VFX artists got really upset because they felt that it was a slight on the visual effects of cats hmm. when so the quote or something that I had read said VFX like the reason cats was bad wasn't because of the VFX it's because it was a bad movie sure. right it was bad storytelling right. but whatever I think it was sort of they were making, you know, they were trying to capitalize on a moment. I don't really have a horse in this race, except on Friday, we have a, in Orange County, we have a movie theater called the Frida Cinema, which is the only nonprofit like art house indie awesome. theater. And so they show, you know, they have the monthly like Rocky Horror. I was going to say, where you're far likely to see a Rocky yeah. Horror. Kinda. Correct. Yep. And so they had a one night only showing of cats for what they called Valentine Spay. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was the one showing, but it was meant to be sort of your mystery science theater type viewing yeah. experience, right? Very rowdy, lots of hooting and hollering and oh, yelling yes. and all manner of rowdyism. And so it was Josh and I and three other couples that we went with. And it the movie viewing experience is what you would expect. Lots of yelling at the screen and hooting and hollering. Is it orchestrated and... like Rocky Horror is? Well, I think the vast majority of the folks that were in there, if not everyone, this was the first time seeing oh, the film. Oh. So I think the most of us are going in there totally blind. Okay. So we're really just reacting in real time to the thing that we're seeing. And I have to tell you, Chris, it was worse than I could have imagined. Really? What's so crazy is I went in with what I thought were sub-zero expectations. Sure. Very low. And it was worse than that. Really? Somehow. Wow. It, it's that bad? So it's that bad. So it's an hour and 50, five zero minutes long. Boy. Which is Too very long. long when you're watching What's, a movie what is the, as a joke. What is <laughs> But yeah, Rocky Horror is like maybe a solid 90, probably a little less actually, like maybe 75. It might be, yeah. And everyone loves it for that. Uh what what is the the I don't know why I'm asking you this as if you know, but the theatrical cats, do you know like what the actual musical is as far as length? I oh, as far as length. Like is, uh, most theater productions in general are usually two and a half hours, but that's because you have like your 15 to 30 minute intermission. Okay. So, I don't know. It's probably close. Okay. Uh, I'm looking it up here. Uh, two hours, 20 minutes. So, yeah. An hour 50 is within... Because you probably get a... That includes intermission. And intermission is what? Maybe 15? So... Yeah. Anywhere from 15 to 30. So, yeah. It lines up. Okay. Wow. So, what I realized was shot despite the sensational... I don't know. Cats is like an indelible part of the musical theater history. I would agree. Right. Absolutely. And it was so sensational, but I realized that I had no idea what it was about. Once I started watching the movie, I don't think anyone knows what cats is about without with like not having seen it before. I have no clue. And I know all of, I know many songs from cats. I have no clue what that's. If you held a gun to my head and said, 
tell me what cats is about, I would say, where are you going to bury me? Because I'll just start digging. So the movie's not going to help you with that. It will not <laughs> bring any mean? clarity. It doesn't? It was incomprehensible, this film. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening throughout. And so what's really interesting is, one, that somehow a movie, that this could have been worse than my lowest expectations. It, it was it was just a mess. Was it just a mess? Like there was no coherence. Yeah, like a series of scenes strung together kind of vibe. Yeah, but I guess that's the story. I mean, when I so I don't know if it's one of those things where there's something about live theater that can get away with uh, inherent this sort of flitting between scenes and expositions. But I can only describe cats as a series of expositions and then an ending. Okay. Because there's no there's real no re- character development. Is there any resolution? Development. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but but it just happens. Like, oh, okay. it just, it's a series of meeting these different characters. It's like a, almost like a mosaic <laughs> of meeting all I've these heard, different cast. <laughs> I've heard that from multiple people of like, you're just meeting characters for the entire movie. That's it. And then <laughs> it's over. On. Yep. <laughs> and so there's no a real affinity for any of these characters. Like, I don't feel anything for any of these characters. So that was the first thing. Sure. How could you love someone you met for one minute and then right, they're gone? Exactly. And then on top of that, the whole thing is just super bizarre. And there's not really an explanation of most things. The CG was just very there were a lot of very unusual choices made visually. There was a scale issue. So, you know, they're in a human world. Mm-hmm. So they're scaled down. So they're scaled to be the size of cats, but bipedal like humans? Yes. What is going on with that? But that's like the theater. I mean, I really think in a lot of ways this was a faith. If I, I've never seen the the theater, live theater, theatric version. Mm-hmm. But it seems to actually be a pretty faithful recreation of the musical because that's the way that the musical is set up as well, is that they are to scale house, you know, domesticated cats in a human world. And so I know that the set design has won a ton of awards and stuff for For the the live version. Yeah. Right. And it was actually like a live, like a, like an engineering, like feat. So apparently, like, the live musical is just, like, a, a spectacle that is to be, like, revered and and enjoyed. But the movie, the thing that struck my friends and I the most is that the scale of the cats changed on a per-scene basis. So sometimes the cats were too small, like, micro-sized next to their environment. So an example is the main... One the main character, the one of the lady cats, I can't remember. There's a scene where they go to like rob. They basically enter a human's house and they like steal. It's like petty theft. Okay. Cat burglars, if you will. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, so one of the scenes, the cat has a ring, like a human finger ring, but it's on her wrist. Oh. I don't know about you, but my ring is not going to fit on my cat's wrist at all. Right. Unless if are they. Yeah, are they, is are this they, like a they, giant? Are they mischievous little pixies that can just shapeshift on a whim and kind of grow in? So weird. But then there were other moments where the cats were like huge in their environment. Like Rebel Wilson's character was a giant next to this loaf of bread. 
where like the loaf of bread, this human sized, theoretically human sized loaf of bread, she was easily like three times the size of that loaf. Would you would you say that this movie was as if uh, someone was assigned the task of making cats real world size, but had never met or interacted with a cat before, and so was reading up on cats and perhaps was trying to eyeball it, so to speak? They're like, yeah, I think a ring would fit on a cat's wrist from what I've read. Yeah, it seems. And so the director, his name's Tom Hooper, Hopper. He is quite the decorated, accomplished director. He did the King, uh, King's King speech. speech. Yeah, he's done yeah, a lot. To like his name. a legit, he's done, and he's something else that I can't remember, but also, oh, Les Mis. Oh. He directed Les Mis. So this is not, he's not some like Joker. Yeah. But he did allow he does Russell not have experience. though. We do. <laughs> but it's widely accepted or acknowledged that he bit off more than he can chew with a cat's remake because it was exclusively CG. You know, literally yeah. the entire film are is VFX and he just doesn't have experience in that kind of filmmaking. Having said that, the story was a disaster. I I'm hard pressed to accept that any version of that story would have worked. Cause I think after the movie, my friends and I, we were trying to figure out Maybe if they would have just let them like Lion King style. Sure. What if they were just actually just CG animals. cats? Yep. Yeah. But I don't know. Even then, I mean, it doesn't change. It just would have removed the awkwardness of the bipedal component. But the movie, the the story in every way is a disaster, at least on film. Well, that's like, so in the writer's room, it kind of makes sense, right? Like you, you get in a room. And they're like, we're going to make a faithful recreation of cats. They're like, well, what if we went with the Lion King approach? They're like, no, then we would lose our fabulous cast. No one would know who they are. Like, uh, you know, I want to keep it faithful to as if this is a people going to the theater to watch cats, but with a, you know, more spectacle and what we can and the magic of what we can do with modern technology and and a screen versus a live production. Uh, So I guess it makes sense in theory. But I think with theater and we were chatting about this uh, so first of all, I don't know that Cats will forever be known as a flop. I think it will become the new Rocky Horror from the sound of it, because I now know many people, uh, and now hearing you say this has reached the OC, it is spreading. Rowdy Cats, as it's called, Rowdy Cats, yes. is a is a thing. And like our team now has like 20 strong that go to Rowdy Cats viewings almost regularly. Like they're, they've gone once last month, and now they're going again. They have another crew going again this month to Rowdy Cats viewing. And I think it's going to catch on and become like that new Rocky Horror cult classic that maybe the actors will be like about. But I think in general, it will find its own niche. But I think the the theater requires uh, it allows the audience to suspend disbelief more because you're so enveloped. Everything you're there. You're there for this once. They, they can't do anything wrong. It has to be perfect. Uh, this like live experience happening in front of you, you're immersed. You're already in it. No matter what they're talking about, you're kind of there with them. Uh, so you can get yeah. away with this awkward storytelling a little bit easier. For, for yes. movies, you really need to go that extra mile to help the audience suspend disbelief. And if they're not bought yes. in, th- everything is shattered immediately. Yep. And like you just have no, <laughs> you, there's no getting them back unless you have a really tight storytelling. 
And I think also now that you mentioned the suspending disbelief is easier done in live theater when you consider, did you ever see the Lion King musical? Like the, like the theater did version? Did not see the theater version, no. So in terms of costuming, it's very similar, right? None of them are actual animals. They have outfits that are animal-esque right. or animal-inspired. And no one's knocking the Lion King musical version to not looking like the film, no. right? Because there's just, like, that's the whole point is of that course. it's a different expression of of the IP or this universe. And I think that's why Cats, the theater version, can get away with it is because it's like, hey, you know what the limitations are as well with a live component that is not going to be extended to film Yep, because you have more options. And so why would you possibly go with the option where you're going to weirdly like Photoshop people's human faces? This uncanny (laughs) valley of cat humans walking around that are kind of big, kind of small or whatever you want them to be. It was so, oh, it was so, it's, but yes, I agree. I read an article saying this has the ability to become the new room slash, oh, yeah. slash Rocky Horror. The room did it too, that's right. Exactly. Like where there's, you know, for instance, I guess Alamo Drafthouse was the first theater to start doing the Rowdy Cats viewings and then other theaters, you know, local theaters and stuff are, are doing the same. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the things that happens in showings is whenever a human hand appears, which is constantly because they didn't turn them into paws, (laughs) people go, hands, hands, hands. Like you just shout hands every time, you know, just like really, I highly recommend seeing it. If it's Josh, will never see it again. The first hour was a real struggle i was like oh my gosh it's that's, only that's been an hour and we movie. have like that's, <laughs> that's half the movie half and the I, movie. I even i thought i don't know if i can sit through this real struggle yeah oh my gosh hated it he was so bored and he hates musicals anyway and then it just the whole thing just kind of got away from him he <laughs> he took out the airpods from his pockets and then started listening to a podcast wow Wow, I hope he was listening to ours. What a marketing campaign that would be. You know, it's so good you'll listen to it during Cats to get away from Cats. The Anne and Musto experience. It was not ours, uh, regrettably. Oh, well, that's okay. Good try, anyway. That's all right. We can just say it was. So anyway, I realized I haven't talked about memes at all. You have not talked about memes. I was going to bring that up, But, but I kept going. But funny enough, there are lots of cat-related memes for instance this was when this is a little bit older but it was when the cats movie was first announced mm-hmm. and it you know the the meme format where it's like nobody blank and then it's like yep. and then this thing then nobody something wanted said yeah something is said right done. so the <laughs> it says nobody blank live action cats movie <laughs> Sorry, I can't. It's a picture of a house cat, like a like a normal house cat, except then someone's face is photoshopped over. <laughs> Just poorly, poorly spliced human cats. Yeah, here, let me send you so you can also. It's the best I can explain, and I hope it's a reference you understand. It sort of has that like annoying orange. Yeah, that's ex- yep. That is the classic <laughs> meme of a poorly. Oh God. <laughs> It's 
Uh, yeah. For all of you who want to Google it, literally just Google cats movie memes on Google. Yeah. Hit images, and it's the first one. Uh, I'm checking your math on that, and it checks out. It's the second one. <laughs> it's the second, it's the second one. one. What's me. your first one? Um, Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this one's really good too. Uh, it is uh, a picture of oh god, who who plays the purple cat? I can't really tell who the people are playing them, which is awkward. Oh, not purple. She's just huge. That's oh, the main cat. That's the main cat. Okay, I don't know who yeah, plays uh-huh. her. But it's a picture of her cat next to a, a a painting from what looks to be the Renaissance period yes. with a yes. horribly painted cat face that also looks uncannily human. Uh, and then it, at the bottom is a is a snap of a tweet that says, "To whom does one report ab- an abomination? A priest?" <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up everyone's feelings on the cat movie. <laughs> cat movie, cats movie. Wow, did I say cat movie. What's wrong? Cats movie. Yeah. Cats movie. Uh, yeah, these are they, these are rich. Actually, there's a lot of really good meat coming out of this. Yeah, there's some face swap. People face swapping with their cats. Perfect. With a P-U-R-R. Sonic movie becomes disliked by thousands. Cats movie, hold my milk. (laughs) There is is an exaggerated face of a cat where someone has stretched them out using Photoshop and made them cross-eyed. And it's like no one blank. The cats movie trailer. And it's like this derped out cat screaming memories. It just has memories with exclamation points under it. Uh. Yeah, wow, the, the meme world is ablaze with this one. My my current fave right now, having looked through these, is uh, a tweet from someone saying, Cats is currently receiving a lot of negative reviews from critics. And then below that it says, the critics, colon. And it just shows pictures of stock images of dogs slapping at keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> just all dogs in like business attire slapping at keyboards. <laughs> it's perfect. There, it. I feel like there's actually a lot more room for memory, but the ones that are up there are excellent. They're solid. Real Chef's Kiss. the The Renaissance one is actually the best in terms of reference because one, I love Renaissance paintings, not because they should be revered or appreciated. Oh no, no, well, I do appreciate them and I do revere them, but not for their artistic capability. Sure. If anything, the opposite. So on Instagram. I will, anytime I go to an, like an art museum, I will go out of my way to go to the Renaissance exhibit. Wow. Specifically to take pictures and videos of ambivalent babies. Oh, just. It's the... always like Jesus. Yep. It's always like a Jesus baby who's like weirdly a tiny adult man. Yep. And always looking ambivalent unimpressed incredibly yes yeah, stoic uh, yeah stoic and uninspired typically yes <laughs> like yes. just completely deadpan not thinking yes. about much not worrying about much they always have too big of a forehead <laughs> their eyes are always like a little too close together it's just like really weird looking and they're always like tiny men they just look like old tiny like like because they don't have the proportions of a baby yeah but they're supposed to be babies and then second thing i love about renaissance paintings are the animals they're always super weird looking it is is, too human i couldn't agree more i it is every time i see a painting with an animal in it 
I, I, I don't know if it's from the Renaissance period. I'm not going to act like I even know about art history. But uh, when I go see an old-timey painting, as I would call it, um, I can't help but say everyone is drawing these from verbal descriptions. Like, it sounds as though someone has told them what a dog looked like, and they're drawing a dog versus actually having seen and witnessed and experienced a dog. Like, it's always like, yeah, their ears are, like, long, but sometimes not long. Their nose is super long, and out comes this, like, elephant-looking, creepy aardvark dog. And I'm like, what is, what are you, what is happening here? Yeah. It's like they tried but didn't, or it's like someone described to them in great detail what this animal looked like, and they did it based on the dictation. <laughs> right. Purely right. They had no on, other visuals. Purely yeah. on anecdotal evidence of what, what, the, what a person uh, has met a dog experienced. Right. Like if an alien said, hey, I saw this thing, and then just like <laughs> explained what they saw and the person's like okay well i'm doing my best hello fellow human <laughs> i would like yeah. to commission a painting it's about yeah, what it's i've so, seen a dog so so bizarre but anyway highly recommend to those of you who because i actually was interested in seeing cats but was not interested in seeing it in any sort of serious setting serious context yeah, yeah exactly i needed to see it in this sort of rocky horror the room mystery science theater type setting and it delivers and some people are super into it it really it was quite confusing it was it was confusing it seems to have made a mark on you it has i do think i will be able to enjoy subsequent viewings because i just i i realized i really had no idea what the story was about and it was after the fact that i looked it up and read the synopsis where I'm like, well, that the movie is actually quite faithful to its source material. So you can't really knock it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can definitely knock it because it's awful, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't knock it for it not being. It's not. Like, tro- it didn't it's not any, yeah, it's not. It, it, it didn't deviate. Yeah, it didn't take too many. Uh, it didn't like, take liberties. artistic liberties, though. Like, it, it took artistic liberties with the expression of that. IP though and I've never seen the theater production I've never seen the story I, it sounds like the story is a clown fiesta of epic proportions. yeah it just has no idea what it wants to be yeah it's like Hunger Games meets whatever I've only heard people trying to tell me what the story is and no one can tell me what the story is at all like, I can tell you but I don't want to spoil it okay Th- like all I've heard is like it's a weird Hunger Games thing that happens once every so often and you're just meeting characters for two hours. Yes, <laughs> in this, that, in this I would Hunger say Games-y I would. Setting. I would remove the Hunger Games thing because no one. It's not like a life or death scenario. It's actually more like weirdly cultish, if anything. Okay. But no one like dies, and there's you know like a villain who's trying to like get but in the way of things. people are vying for a single goal, yes. right? But there are multiple yes. parties vying for a single goal, and Hunger Games yes. survival. But in this case, it would be something different, or whatever. Something yes. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But there's no like death. It's not like a fatal situation right, right. or anything. That would be sick. It's more like a, a... <laughs> show me that <laughs> cat. Make it interesting. <laughs> show me that cat. Uh, so anyway. anyway, that is our very movie centric. This is a cats podcast now. Cats. Yeah, we're only talking about cats and Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> Those are the only two two valid forms of movie expression. Uh-huh. I was. I mean, we. We only have like a few more minutes to spare, and I feel like I've really, what's the word, cannibalized 
a lot of our episode time and I know you had a I well, you're very high energy today and I'm not so I it was great it was great to have you be the person hey great so Josh being the very supportive husband he is said that he felt that our last episode, despite the fact that we kept talking about our energy levels being low, he felt that it was a, quite a good episode, oh. and he thought we really nailed it. I trust him because he's given me tough feedback too, which I I trust when that makes me trust. Tough when he but gives fair. Good feedback, yeah, yeah, tough feedback like yeah. that I needed to hear or that we needed to hear. Uh, so I trust when he has something good to say too because of that. So thank you, Josh. I think, you real. May need to context- <laughs> I think you may need real. to contextualize why my husband's giving you t- tough feedback in any context. No, not tough. Like, just like, <laughs> hey, like, it, this would, like, if something was very good or was not the best, I trust him to tell me that regardless. Like, no, but what I'm saying is, though, is I think some members, some of our listeners may be confused why my husband has a has an opinion about oh, you at all we work together oh yeah there okay oh got it okay yeah, so to <laughs> help oh yes yeah. so we work together so we're on the same intranet uh so he'll slap me every so often when he has something to say and it's always incredibly insightful and thoughtful and usually very supportive um and yeah i always trust that he gives very like he he means what he says at all times so thank you josh he does, he does. josh is a good one he's, he's a, a good he's a good one he's a good one um but yes, I do have a couple of things. Uh, we can we can save them for next time. Uh, I do, Let's do that. I do want to talk about. There's some politics stuff that's happening. Uh, that's big. Uh, Michael Bloom. You have a Michael Bloomberg story, which sounds very cool. I just want to point out the uh, the the latest shift in the politics memes, uh, which has been when Andrew Yang dropped out of the race, mm-hmm. uh, much to the chagrin of of the Yang Gang, who is his self-made um, followers. Uh, they are now kind of looking towards the uh, the the newest uh person to jump in there uh which is uh i have to get her name but tulsi gabbard tulsi gabbard thank you uh so tulsi gabbard has uh kind of become the like i guess the the fan favorite amongst people looking for a different perspective on politics especially in the democrat race uh and they're calling themselves the aloha gang which has been uh very, very much a uh, kind of to the chagrin of the Bernie supporters because the feeling is when you split your party down the middle or you find different folks to kind of uh, vote for, it can water down the voting pool. So we have a resurgence of distracted boyfriend, distracted boyfriend, one of the most famous memes in history, probably, I would say top 10 easily. Uh, distracted boyfriend is obviously uh, this guy. He is with his presumably girlfriend walking down the street, and he sees someone that he fancies a little bit more at that point. So he is turning around to check out said fancy, and then his girlfriend, of course, catches him and is looking very perturbed. Uh, so that very famous picture. So the the meme is uh, the the distracted boyfriend is Yang Gang folks who are now who don't have a person to vote for because their person has dropped out. Looking at this new person, uh, Miss Gabbard, who is uh, now in the race, and uh, to the chagrin of Bernie supporters who are the uh, the angry girlfriend in that in that meme. So uh, been seeing a lot of those go around. So the politics game has really jumped up a bit with uh especially in the with the exit of andrew yang uh, we're seeing now these new 
games come out. So there you go. So I thought Tulsi Gabbard dropped out because I remember she couldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess not because I I don't think she did looking at the news, but there was some point where she had suspended her campaign. I guess that's not the same. I guess suspending your campaign is not quite the same as dropping out. Oh yeah. No, I think, I think suspending the campaign just means you're going to, you're pressing pause literally. And then can continue starting back up. Yeah. Got it. Because she did suspend her campaign sometime last year because she wasn't hitting her, the like DNC requirements for the debates, which if you can't make it into the debates at all, but sort of destroys your, it it, it cuts your campaign off at the knees, right? Yeah. Because you're not really able to like progress. So I had assumed that her campaign suspension meant that she wasn't, that she was just dropping out, but that I, I think I was just sort of conflating, but it's really interesting because she was actually seen her and Andrew Yang were considered obviously fringe French, candidates right. but also there was some talk about them joining forces because they yes. have very complementing platforms yep and and they were also the you know she having her military background also a person of color andrew yang you know being um a, a per- not pers- not only a person of color but also just having like kind of an interesting background but, but he did, really... he lacked the civic service element to it because he's primarily yes. a business entrepreneur, um, right. a successful right. one, but he didn't have the civic service history and she did. Right. So everyone was very much kind of like they were the, the, the base of the combo. fringe. Yeah. The fringe Democrat race. Yeah. Um, Cause neither of them were uh, career politicians, right? Like they had more credibility in that regard. No, Tulsi Gabbard is a, is a, decorated politician she's the u.s representative for the hawaii second district oh yeah but she's still quite young like oh I mean, yes. career politician i mean she's not like an incumbent right Correct. like she she's not yeah she's not corrupted been in the by game the system super long. not jaded yet yeah and what i think was interesting also something that they shared in their campaign experience at least from what i understand are both were treated quite poorly by media Despite the, like if they were like they would never show up in the polling results, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they would have people like vote for them, and it really felt I think from Yang and Gabbard's campaigns that it was almost like there was an effort, a conscious effort being made to remove them from the Discussion. presidential race. Yes, exactly. Like not even allowing them to be a contender. In despite the fact that in some cases, Yang, for example, would actually poll better or more than Cory Booker, but yet Cory would still show up yep. on the polls and stuff. And so Andrew would actually bring it up a lot in on Twitter, basically saying like calling everyone out. It was it was pretty ridiculous, and I think really jaded. It, this was four you know four years ago with Bernie, right, where it kind of felt like the system was rigged in favor of specific candidates. And in this case, despite the fact, I think Biden's favor is finally seeding a little bit because he just did not show up. Well, I mean, with he lost Iowa, despite the fact that that was in your words, a clown fiesta. Oh yeah. New Hampshire. I, I don't think he showed up well in. And so the conversation I think is shifting to be more Warren Bernie. Yep. It's Warren V Bernie for sure. And like it's a two horse race now. Now that Andrew Yang has dropped out, 
everyone voting for Bernie is like, hey, come on, bring your votes. We're ready to get them. And of course, distracted boyfriend. Now look at Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, the eye of Sauron is upon her and the fringe voters may still yet try and have hold on hope that she can be um, another horse in the race. But I think it's it's you're right. It's coming down to who gets the airtime with media. And if you're a fringe candidate, you tend to get hamstrung by that. And Bernie did a hell of a job last year in, in showing that fringe candidates can make noise. The issue becomes I mean, Bernie wasn't independent when he last ran. Did I say last year? Sorry, last race. Um, he was an independent when he last ran. Now he's a Democrat. And we're seeing that the fringe candidates, I, I mean, the Democrats or Democrat voters hate fringe candidates for the reason of they they can dilute the voting pool. And if they're not going to win, give us give Bernie your votes, bring him over. But of course, the distracted boyfriend looks at Tulsi. Now Tulsi gets votes. And then someone else could potentially win because of that, or it shifts the whole tide of the thing. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Distracted boyfriend making a comeback thanks to politics, thanks to Andrew Yang dropping out, and good luck to Tulsi Gabbard in the whole process. Indeed. On the topic of fringe candidates and memes, Michael Bloomberg is still in the race as well. Is he really? He is. And what's For very who? interesting, Democrat. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I, I would assume that, but I've heard so little about him. I had no idea he was it's funny. You should it. say that. Yeah. So it's because he is running a purely online only campaign. He has not oh. participated in a single debate, mainly because he doesn't feel like one, he doesn't feel like he needs to, I guess, two, a part of the DNC requirements to fulfill or to be able to be eligible to participate in the debates requires you to accept donations. Like you need to have it meet a certain threshold of donors and an amount, but he is entirely self-funded because he's super rich, crazy rich. Yeah. Great. And so he doesn't accept, he has like zero donors as far as I understand, or very, very few Just because he doesn't actually need anyone's money. He's self completely self-funded. Wow. And as a result, he is spending more, I believe like as much as a million dollars a day on Facebook ads alone. Oh my goodness. Crazy, crazy money being dumped into his online campaign. So, and aside from him being considered a very unusual candidate, he has some baggage around his stop and frisk oh, yeah. laws in New York when he was mayor. Polarizing mayor at best in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. He also, I think in the last week or so, there have been alle previous allegations of misconduct. Mm potentially uh, gender discrimination, sexual harassment, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, not a no-brainer candidate. Right. What's interesting about his approach is not only him not kind of following the rule, like the rules of the game, as they say, I guess, with that, he's not doing the debates. He's not even really doing like the caucus stuff. Like he's just kind of doing his own thing. But one of which is he has decided to, or his campaign has decided to engage meme creators as a part of their marketing strategy. And so over the last week or so, they partnered with Fuck Jerry, notable meme, I guess, purveyor and creator. Yeah, content creator. Yeah, that Jerry Enterprise partners with other meme. At this point, they've become like, uh, like a media company right think like a vice type thing like there's there's actually like an a, like a content creation 
a consortium of content creators. Yes, yes, through Fuck Jerry. So they engaged, the Bloomberg campaign engaged Fuck Jerry to essentially roll out a meme campaign to endorse Mike Bloomberg. Oh boy. It did not go great, oh, as you and many gravy. of you who are listening could probably imagine. What is striking to me, I think our first reaction is that doesn't seem great for reasons that are probably super immediately obvious, right? Having so there's that, that kind of okay boomer effect where it's like, okay, like old, insanely rich white man. Media magnate, number one. Media magnate, right, <laughs> right. Like just not, not an endearing character first and foremost. And then now you're going to try to capitalize or or exploit the language of a younger generation, you know, right? A younger generation sort of language and co-opt it to further your own interests, I'm it, sure is very problematic. It has hello fellow kids written all over it, you know? Yes, yes. But what I didn't expect as a part of my research and understanding of what happened here was also how much it damaged the meme creators, like these social influencers, because it made them seem like they had a price, like that they were willing to be shills for this sort of problematic politician or character. And so there was one Instagram or, you know, meme creator named Tank Sinatra. Sinatra. And this, I'm going to describe to you what the meme is. Okay. So it looks like a DM screenshot, like an Instagram DM Mm -hmm. conversation. And the DM is coming from Mike Bloomberg to Tank Sinatra. And it says, Mr. Tank, I've been waiting for my meme so long that I learned how to make memes myself in Photoshop. What do you think of this one? And then it's the, I am once again asking for your financial support, Bernie Mm -hmm. screen. But it says, you to make me look cool. I am once again asking for to make me look cool. (laughs) Poor English by design. Poor English, bad. Yeah, yeah, it's all blacked out. Looks like clearly like crappily Photoshopped. It's MS painted, probably not Photoshopped. Correct. And then the caption to this. So that is the entire image. Then it says, Tink Sinatra captions this Instagram post with, great job, Mike. Yes, this is really sponsored by at Mike Bloomberg. And then in the tags above, it says paid partnership with Mike Bloomberg. And so the responses were, you're a sellout. Hold on. Let me read what the spicy, spicy responses were. The collective internet conscious has... Yes. Turned on them because of this. Thusly rejected. Uh-huh. TBH, you should be ashamed about posting this. You're a sellout. Anything, even an election for a dollar, you're a sellout, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right. So this is just one of many. You could word cloud it with sellout probably being the largest word, I would think. Yes. Okay. And I can't tell you how, what the long-term impacts are on these meme creators credibility i'm sure they'll bounce back soon enough but i do think there's an there is a intersection of one the earnestness and authenticity of memes that the collective community requires correct I only agree. the best 
and most earnest and authentic memes shall survive and all others are invalid. Right. And, and, and will be destroyed by the white blood cells of the internet world. And I, I really think the, uh, the interesting thing is that fuck Jerry in general, as a content creators, they were behind fire festival too, weren't they? And like, I think that's right. Jerry media. Jerry media was, the, was, was group. also yeah. involved with fire festival. And I think their entire MO is kind of to sell out, you know, like that they're a marketing company, essentially they're a brand building company as well as meme, a meme community. Um, so I find it interesting that folks would turn on them in that case, because that's kind of what they're shilling to begin with. But Hey, I, I can see, I think where it kind of diverges for the internet world is Bloomberg in general, this, by design is inauthentic, right? Like he obviously is conscripting folks or hiring folks, not conscripting, but hiring folks to come in and make him more relatable uh, in a way that is incredibly obvious and apparent. And the internet does not take kindly to being forced or like having a meme forced upon them. They need to adopt it with their collective consciousness and then it is born, right? So when you're saying- You know what I'm thinking of? What? Bane's quote from The Dark Knight. He's like, you're you merely, merely born only in ad- the darkness. I no, 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 no. He says you merely adopted, adopted the, the dark. I was, I was born in the darkness. What is it? I was. Well, he's he's more like cultivated. I was born in the. <laughs> you you were merely shaped by it, yes. molded by it. <laughs> and once I find the light, it was blinding. <laughs> it was blinding. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. So. I agree. I think you're, that is it. Like the internet is, is don't sell me this bullshit that we could create when it's time to create it. Don't tell me right. this, this pre-made fuck up that we want to latch onto was yeah. created in a lab somewhere. Um, yes. You know, it's, it's like the, the quintessential thing for folks to do on YouTube videos that are like incredibly cool or whatever. Something big happens is yell fake, right? Like everyone wants to debunk the things that happen because they want to call out bullshit when they see it. It's kind of like, yep. I don't know if it's human or whatever, but uh, it is fascinating when something happens and it, it is like a bodily response, right? It's like an intruder and like the white blood cell count goes up and all of a sudden everyone latches on to like destroy yep. this intruder or this imposter, you know? Um, it's a very interesting dynamic. Well, and you bring up that the internet community does not want to be force fed what would fe- what feels like or what is actually an inauthentic, like like created in a la- genetically modified me right it needs to be 100 percent non no gmo yeah. yeah no gmo memes right needs needs to be like organic memeage having said that a couple episodes we talk about the dolly parton challenge correct and you could say that was a lab grown meme right it but it was but it's inherently different because i think the context of the person matters. And uh, you're right. I think the difference between a challenge and a um, and this type of collaboration is the inauthenticity. The inauthenticity is that. Uh, I think so. But the un- the unauthenticness of the <laughs> ma- of Bloomberg posing as a cool kid when he when everyone knows he's not a cool kid. You know he is probably the richest man in new york city one of the richest men in new york city and like 
a total suit and tie human. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. It is to say you are who you are. Dolly Parton is not being inauthentic by challenging folks to do a thing in her image. She's oh, right. she, she is she is bringing True. this like this is who I am. Like find yourself someone who could do all this stuff. And like Dolly Parton is very likable in that regard. Um, Mayor Bloomberg is posing as someone who is a meme creator trying to be like, I'm one of you. You know, Dolly Parton's not trying to say she's one of you. She didn't make that a challenge. It became the Dolly Parton challenge, right? She right, posted right. it out as like, get get yourself a girl who can do everything, right? Was like the, yeah, the tagline. Right, right. Um, she was not trying to make that a challenge. The internet made it a challenge and That's it became true. the yep. Dolly Parton challenge. Yep. She wasn't saying, hey, take this challenge, everyone, show me four pictures from all of your things and blah, blah blah like that becomes way more scripted than someone who is just being authentically themselves and it just became like be like dolly parton uh michael bloomberg is not is trying to not intentionally not be himself <laughs> to try and reach a different demographic which feels inauthentic and i think you get that response of bullshit you make a good point too because i think also seeing paid partnership with Michael oh, Bloomberg at the very top of Get this content. Of yeah. Really shows your hand, right? Because it's so not only it's sort of like, I don't know, paying people to show up to your birthday party. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something about like, hi, like, Hey, I can't, I, I don't have my own friends and I can't right. relate to people authentically. So I have to hire, I have to hire my friends. Oh yeah. And like that in and of itself says to me that the person who made this has no skin in the game of believing in what they're selling at this point. Like they, right. they did right. not care about this project beyond the paycheck. And I'm sure they put what they could into it, but memes and in general, internet comedy is very organic and very authentic comedy. When a person genuinely trips and hits their face into a railing, the internet laughs collectively with them or at mm -hmm. them in some cases. Uh, when a person succeeds or does this really cool floor routine in a gym exercise, the internet collectively celebrates with them. It's all about authenticity though. Um, the internet will crush a fake thing if they see a fake thing trying mm -hmm. to pass as real. That's the key is passing. Trying don't if you want to tell me it's fake, tell me it's fake up front, whatever, and, and we'll embrace it for what it is. But tell me it's fake, tell me you're a fraud, and I'll I'll judge it accordingly. Don't try and pass this bullshit as real, otherwise I will destroy you. Where <laughs> I am well, the what's, internet. What's strange though is that they weren't trying to pass these as real. I mean, it says straight up, like, yes, Michael Bloomberg paid for this. So, they so I have think to it's... do that, though. I think like they're legally bound to do that. Oh no, I know, I, oh. I, I agree with you. But what I'm saying is, is in the context of, tell me it's fake and we can deal with that. But that's the that's the exact problem, right? Is that there wasn't? It's not even an astroturfing. Like everyone's making it super clear that these are paid sponsorships or paid ads. I think people are just having an allergic reaction to literally all of it. The fact that Bloomberg is trying to manipulate and capitalize on like a youth culture language has no idea how to do it himself. So thus buying the ability to do so, which of course a billionaire is going to, an out of touch billionaire is going to do. And then the allergic reaction of, following these content creators and being like, oh, and now I can't even trust you content creator because you can be easily bought and sold. You suck. Like they're having like an entirely allergic reaction to the whole thing. And yeah, you can give them credit that they're at least not trying to astroturf. Like it's making super clear that like, hey, this is a bot and sold. you know, this is, there was an exchange of cash and yep, it really happened and we're doing our best. But everyone being like, no, you shouldn't have accepted a cent. Mm -hmm. 
from this person and that like nullify like that voids your expression i think in general so my, my words are tell me it's fake and i will judge it accordingly and i think the internet is judging it as they want to judge it as they want to judge it like yes they've done the job of portraying that as fake i think the key here is uh you have someone who is clearly like the internet person who the the content creator who's supposed to be one of these purveyors of fine memes and you're watering down what you're supposed to be which is this uh, like homegrown organic like top of the line you can trust me to have quality when i when you when you hear my name kind of deal yeah and now you're yep. selling out for this whoever can come whoever comes to me i'll make stuff for you kind of deal yeah and then the insult to injury is the fact that it's like a billionaire media mogul who has a checkered history spotty yeah spotty personal professional history spotty political history right so i think this is a perfect like the perfect storm of issues and everyone lost yeah everyone lost. it was a risk and like hey you take risks i get that you take campaign risks stuff happens um but yeah it's a yeah, it looks like everyone lost for now. And like sometimes the internet will have their way and how they respond to this might be as big as the first thing out the door. Sure. Because you can true. lean into this and become a hero too. If you lean right. into the fact that you're a pariah, sometimes the internet turns on you and they, yeah. it turns in your favor. Like, ah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, they're self-aware, right? Like I think the key here is demonstrating self-awareness, right? So if you're yep. in this position and you're on Bloomberg's strategy team or whatever, uh, you're probably saying, okay, well, we took it, we took it on the nose when we went through the wall there. So uh, now we gotta lean into it. I think it's like look the memes in the eyes, and and you've advised on this numerous times of when we work together. Like sometimes you gotta look the tough things in the eye and just own it, you know, <laughs> and be like, hey, we goofed, yeah. and now maybe your next meme is about how we're fake <laughs> together, yeah, and how everything yep. is whatever, and, out of touch. Know? and how yep. I'm a sellout, you know, like have this yeah. sellout and what yep, yep, as they say. In the game of memes, you live or you die. Is that, that is what they say. I heard that at a mm -hmm. meme council meeting that I went Thank to you. in. Me too. I'm on that council Tulsa, also. Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know why, well, my, why? Mind, my, why? my mind went there because I was thinking of Watchmen. And then I think that takes <laughs> place in Tulsa, right? So there you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So anyone who's interested in learning more specifically about sort of this faltering Bloomberg meme campaign you can google the the article came out on friday on february 14th you can look up mike bloomberg vox meme within that article is linked to a new york times article that initially covered the meme the memeing memeing yeah uh, compelling but i thought it is it's really interesting because it also shows just in general how the political the rules are changing across the board, right? Mm -hmm. Like the way that we once did things are no longer the way we did things. The Iowa caucus is a really good example of a thing that I can't ever say if it worked or not, having never participated in that process, but it showed Democracy. that it has a no, that the because the Iowa caucus is like really specific to Iowa. Oh, yeah. The way they do it with the rooms and the gymnasiums yeah. and the going back and forth and like it just sounds like the most insane Very special procedure. Like what is going on? Like it just sounds so antiquated. It's, it's and... carnivalia, and they sacrifice <laughs> three goats to start the day, and <laughs> from there, then they roll out the cheese wheels and <laughs> they it's like a the weird cheese wheels for twenty minutes, and then yeah. a star is born. 
<laughs> where they watch the movie a star is born and then we go to the star is born viewing and we watch that and the, like take you through this crazy process it might as well be that though it just sounds so insane and so i think a lot of the are i guess democratic rituals are being put to the test including the way campaigns are run and the way people are scrutinizing or citizens are are scrutinizing how debates are formed handled, and what yeah. the eligibility and handle right it's just it really anything goes and so to be honest if if i were to have a char- charitable take on bloomberg's campaign it's they're tr- trying to figure it out right yeah. they're they're in uncharted territory they're trying to see like what will resonate younger voters are sort of the new baby boomers in terms of voting like population right how important that population is and they're just trying to figure out what's going to resonate with this voting population and you know you're not gonna you're not gonna win every time and i think it says a lot about how the psychology of resonance is inexplicable yeah right how is it that you can kind of be in how is it that Bernie can be in the thrall of so many and sort of have this like inherent ability to be a part of meme culture without really directing it at all. Cause right? he's so authentic and he's so eccentric. Like he's so incredibly eccentric and authentic. Like I think that is the recipe for memeing yourself, right? Like it's when you're not afraid to just be yourself. And he is at that point where I think he's at like the kind of F U age where he's like, I don't care who i am i'm not trying to impress anybody anymore like i'm not trying to be someone i'm not uh and so he just kind of lets it all hang out there crazy hair and all <laughs> and he doesn't stop it right no. i mean he i mean i don't know that he's embracing it but he's also not stopping the proliferation ultimately those memes are endearing right they are, are framed in a very positive endearing way on the flip side trump is also very memeable yes. why because he's authentic he I believe he is still presenting exactly. He's authentic and eccentric and he likes some memes probably doesn't like the vast majority of them because some of them are, I would say those who are not into Trump, if they're not flattering, but he is himself. Right. And I think that's what it comes down to is that the resonance of memes, no matter what context they're in, whether it's political or entertainment or whatever, is that it has to be an authentic representation or expression. Like its origins has to be authentic Yang is Andrew Yang really appealed to the inner the internet mob or yeah the, the collective the right collective. because he knew how to speak internet the internet yeah he knew how to speak exactly internet. <laughs> yes he knew and he was sort of appropriately trolly he really leaned in but it felt authentic because it felt like the internet and internet sensibilities were a part of who he is yep. as a person as a as a professional so. You know, so to Bloomberg's, I would, I don't want to say credit, but I don't blame the Bloomberg campaign for making the decisions they made because really anything goes. We are in a totally unpredictable and unprecedented time where everyone, everyone has power to market themselves on a, in a political capacity right. more so than ever right. before. And if Bloomberg yep. figures this out, then yeah, sure. Maybe he'll fail. Um, but I think he, if like these steps of like I'm just gonna not participate in the caucuses, not participate in the debates, um, these could pave a way for a totally new type of politics that right. 
right. never before has been considered. And yeah, right. give them props for trying. Just do it authentically, Bloomberg. Do it authentically. Stop hello fellow kidsing people. Yeah, that was a that was a woof. <laughs> I would say <laughs> a self appointed meme expert. Would you rate cats a woof? Mm-hmm. Cats is a woof. Yeah, it's a woof. Two yeah. woofs. Yeah, two woofs don't make a right. Two woofs don't make a. Nope, I didn't have it in time. I I, I thought I could make a cat pun with that, but. No. Yeah, or two woofs don't make a meow. Nope. Uh, I was where more. my head went. Or a purr. I was like, purr, fur, claw. Nope. I, I rifled through them very fast as the timer <laughs> in my head went down. I was whittled away very fast. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. ran out of time. So on that note, I think that wraps it up for this episode. That was a good. That was a long episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, I like how I'm pre-rating it before we even ship it. That was a good episode, Yeah, we're telling everyone. you how to. You're welcome. We're telling you how to feel. <laughs> because <laughs> we're authentic uh it was an interest it was interesting content to discuss i don't know how it was to listen but it was fun to talk about yeah boom there All you right. have it stay woke everyone i've been ann nope i've been chris and wait, she's been ann and this was memorabilia <laughs> oh oh wait wait email us <laughs> memorabilia podcast at gmail.com uh slap those five star votes if you like them uh if you like oh, us let me see if they if we have any new stuff any new roots. let me see let's see god we always we try and get out of here so fast sometimes i don't think we really try <laughs> yeah no, we don't try I don't, I don't think we should say that <laughs> uh no, no new ratings come on come on everyone please give us please give clap. us one <laughs> please <laughs> Of one please of my clap. favorite political memes. Oh. Look up super Jeb deluxe. Bush, please. <laughs> super deluxe. Super deluxe. Jeb, Jeb Bush, Bush, please clap. Yeah, Good. it's great. Please clap. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Anne, for hosting and really bringing bringing the noise. This one. Thank Carry. you. I appreciate that. Cool. Hey, thanks for being here. I I am here. That is that is for sure. All right, Craig, all right. get us out of here. Oh, you're waiting for me to, to do the Craig thing? That's that's what we're all waiting yeah. on, right? Good Lord. Yep. Bye. Thanks, Craig. Craig, play us out. Craig! <laughs>